Hi everyone, and welcome to another episode of Weekend at Dave's. We're continuing our E3 2021 coverage, uh, this time with Square Enix, but joining me to talk Square Enix, uh, someone I have all the pleasure inviting, would rather do it with no one else, fellow Punish Backlog writer, KSOB. K, welcome to the show. How are you doing? What's up? I'm doing great. Thanks, David, for uh, inviting me. Uh, David and I, long history of disagreeing on pretty much everything, video game related at least, so uh, it's a pleasure to be here. <laughs> yeah, I always joke about the, like, we got the amazing chemistry going on here. It's like, you know, <laughs> basically any, you take any gaming take, no matter how hot, cold, lukewarm, like, chances are you and I are going to go to the extremities of it, and it's usually it's usually fun, um, <laughs> unless it's something dear to my heart in which I want to tear my hair out. But I think, like, the funny thing about that is, like, seriously, when it comes to Square Enix, I feel like you and I tend to agree, like, more than we disagree. I think this is kind of, like, the one area where we, where we tend to kind of find a lot of common ground. Like, we both tend to get excited when there's a new, like, Final Fantasy game that gets announced. We both tend to share the same general distaste for certain entries in the series and things like that like i think we're kind of on the same playing like level playing field for square annex so i'm kind of well really interested to get your thoughts on the past year for them and, and kind of moving forward yeah i definitely agree i mean mm. i think there's also i will say i think maybe i'm a slightly bigger fan of like the the properties that we don't traditionally associate with square Enix, which is to say like stuff they publish but don't develop but mm -hmm. yeah, I think in terms of like their big hitters, we definitely are like on the same page. Uh, but yeah, let's uh, let's get it rolling. Cool. So yeah, first, I I think the good place for us to start, I kind of want to break us down by by series because a few days back, Square Enix just had its um, Dragon Quest so showcase. I think it was what thirty was it thirty fifth anniversary for it as well? Am I yes, thirty fifth anniversary. Wow. Uh, I I did tune into the stream a little bit. And, you know, it was all in Japanese um, and. You know, Dragon Quest has a surprising amount of sort of active properties, right? You know, mobile games and remakes of older games and, I don't know, puzzle and dragons, tie-ins and all that stuff. So um, I think for us, there wasn't too much. It was mainly two announcements, right, that really applied to, to us. But that would be being Dragon Quest Twelve, sort of a title announcement, um, and then the Dragon Quest Three HD 2D remake. Yeah, I mean, so I guess by you're breaking my heart here. So like, you don't you don't think drag the other big like non kind of throwaway title was also Dragon Quest Ten Online, like an on offline sorry offline an yeah, offline. Yeah, I forgot version. about that. But I mean, I don't blame you because in my I feel like the West is not going to get that, but I really hope we do just because I I've always been curious about it. I, I don't know how good like a an offline MMO sounds to me, but right yeah do you, i think do you feel like we get that i think it's unlikely but i'm not gonna say the answer is no and i think part of the reason why is because square is making a concerted effort i think to expand dragon quest from being this niche japan focused series to a much you know more global presence um we saw dragon quest 11 right notably i think uh, came out in Japan first on certain platforms, and then later we got the worldwide release, and then we, you know, Dragon Quest Eleven S came out. Uh, and you know, I think when S came out, uh, it was available and still is available on Game Pass, for example. Um, and I think 
for 12, they're definitely going to aim for that worldwide, you know, English voice acting and Japanese voice acting, like that sort of release that uh, has been happening with a lot of their mainline, you know, Final Fantasy titles and so on. Uh, and I think in trying to expand that presence, we may actually, there's a chance it does. Um, I think the MMO to offline component makes that a little bit wonkier, but I think there's definitely a chance. I would I would like to see it happen, honestly. I think there's you know, there's no downsides, right? Really. Yeah. So Yeah, and I think before we before we talk about Dragon Quest twelve, I, I, I think what you're saying about you know, kind of giving more entry points to the series, I mean I think it bodes well that um I mean seemingly kind of every Dragon Quest game shy of maybe the first well, even if we include the first three, you can get the first three on, uh, you know, Switch eShop. You can play, I know I have four, five, six on DS, seven, eight on 3DS, nine, nine on D. Like, it's just, like, very kind of portable. And if you've been, like, a fan of Nintendo for, like, you have those consoles, you might already have some of those in your catalog. But I think what's interesting about, like, this other announcement, the Dragon Quest three remake, I think it's, like, to HD 2D 2D HD 2D it's like HD it's, yeah it's like following that Octopath Traveler 3D dot Game Heroes like voxel style I don't know off the top of my head I'm assuming it's releasing on all all the kind of popular platforms so I'm assuming Switch PS4 and Xbox One yeah and, and maybe PC but I think that's also a good you know just a light entry point for people that might not be familiar with Dragon Quest and and that's maybe something that could help. I, mean, I have to assume that comes out, you know, well before twelve and 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 ten even, and maybe ten yes. is like the, the fast follow after, or not the fast follow, but maybe ten comes sometime between, and that can get people excited for twelve. Um, mm-hmm. Before we move on, like, are you interested in that at all, or are you kind of like, you know, I know you're not, you don't love to go back to old games. Yeah, for three, I'm not super interested personally, mm-hmm. just because. Yeah, like you said, I have a hard time sort of getting into older games that can sometimes be a little bit more tedious. But I am excited for twelve. Let's 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 talk about twelve yeah, because cool. I think they they mentioned some things that I think people will find interesting. Mainly this one thing about it being a darker experience. Mainly just because Dragon Quest, you know, obviously it has the Toriyama design. Right, and it's just you know the the slime mascot, and it's historically not been, you know, what I would call a dark, gritty, or edgy series. And so I'm just mm-hmm. I'm curious what you think right. about about that. Do you think it's going to really go off this deep end, or do you think it's just maybe it's just a flavor for this game? Yeah. Like this is sort of the theme they want to hit. I don't know. Like I I get excited just because it's Dragon Quest twelve and. You know, I think of Final Fantasy twelve. Shout out Sam Martinelli. You're now playing it now. I'm excited. You know, twelve, my favorite Final Fantasy game. It wasn't like there was like a huge tonal shift there, but that was kind of noted at, at the time as being kind of a more mature Final Fantasy game compared to like ten. Um, and it also happened to kind of come after Final Fantasy's first foray into MMOs. Um, so it's kind of reminds me of like a similar timeline for for Dragon Quest, but. I don't know if it's going to be like a permanent shift for the series. Like maybe it flops and then they, they kind of go back to their bread and butter. But it does have kind of a, a really kind of interesting subtitle, like the flames of fate. It sounds serious. This idea of like, I don't know, whatever, whatever this means to have like an adult experience, you know, player choice. Th- that 
for me makes me think things like oh mass effect like you know you're gonna <laughs> your choices are gonna impact the game world or things like that i know that's reading too much into it but i would love to see it have something more i, I don't want it to lose sight of what dragon quest is because i i know people love dragon quest for some of the simplicity and and just kind of like I don't want to call it saccharine, but, like, it kind of brings that sweetness to, like, the RPG. Like, Final Fantasy goes out and innovates and comes up with, like, wacky combat ideas, and Dragon Quest is kind of what you can return to and just enjoy. But I think if they can balance that idea with doing some cool things thematically, and I, and I guess they have this updated battle system as well, which I kind of wanted to ask you about, too. Um, do you... Do you think that this battle th battle system, they'll stick turn-based and maybe it'll be like some light updates? Or if they're calling it out like they are now, like, could we be going in like a wild new direction? Like, what's your take on the theme, the battle, the battle system? I don't think that? it is going to be that fundamentally different. And I think it would probably be a bad idea if it were. Um, you know, personally, mm -hmm. I... I mean, when Square says turn-based battle system, right, they, that can mean sort of a lot of things to them. Like, um... They say that about like their ATB systems. They'll still sometimes call it turn-based, right? But it's more mm -hmm. sort of a timeline thing, you know. Um, so like, you know, maybe it comes with a little bit more of like a wrinkle in terms of how you time your commands, like command selection. Uh, maybe there's like a little bit more of a positioning element involved this time. But you know, I don't really foresee it changing drastically. I definitely don't see it moving away from turn-based, which I think is again is their bread and butter. Um, I think obviously, you know, the developers should feel free to experiment and all that, but I think, you know, sometimes you don't really mess with what's working, but, you know, if it's a little bit less, you know, if there's more wrinkles added to it, I think that can only be a good thing, you know, as long as it doesn't completely lose sight of itself. Yeah. I'm, I'm, I just hope that, um, no, I think it's well, I think it's well said. I think they, they don't want to lose sight of that. And, and I think the cool thing, and this maybe is a nice segue into some of the other stuff that we're talking about for Square Enix, it, it feels like they're kind of really taking a lot of different experiments with like existing IP, new IP. So, uh, one game that I'm tepidly <laughs> excited for, which I think we both agree probably won't be part of their their E three showcase at all right. because it's just it's it, or maybe a light tease because I, I realize it comes out in July is Neo the World Ends with You which is like the you know for those who play the World Ends with You on DS it came out in two thousand six I believe or or two thousand five depending on on territories and it was just kind of a breath of fresh air new IP for Square Enix two D game you know. Uh, dual screen battle system where you're controlling your characters up top while also doing like crazy or your partner's doing uh, moves up top while you're doing your little badge inputs on the bottom and it was just kind of like crazy frenetic a lot of fun um and then kind of mum was the word for years finally had like you know some updates on like what ipad fine solo uh, remix solo remix and then switch final remix and then an anime airing currently which is not so great but the more important part was alongside the anime kind of the roll up to that launch they announced this game kind of got like some previews and interviews recently with a lot of kind of gameplay details and story details but it kind of feels to me at least like this is going to be just kind of a, 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 
I don't know. It's going to be a, a quiet launch for Neo The World Ends With You. And I, I, I expected as much. It wasn't. It's not like a Final Fantasy. It's not a Kingdom Hearts. It's not a Dragon Quest. But what are your thoughts on Neo The World Ends With You? Are you looking forward to it? Like, what are you concerned about the fact that they haven't really said too much about it? It's in 3D. Like, where, where's your head you know, at I think with this game? It was something we sort of wanted for a long time, right? But, you know, I think some sometimes people say they want something and they, they don't really want it. You know, they just kind of like want to keep talking about it. Um, I don't want to say that The World Ends With You was this like lightning in a bottle thing, but it was like really, really good and I enjoyed it a lot. Um, but I think it's now I'm sort of like, do I need, do I, did I need more of this? And the answer is like, not really, right? Like I, I was, I'm kind of at peace with the original game and, you know, like it was such a unique, like, for the, at the time for the Nintendo DS, like it, it made such good use of like the the touch controls or you know the pen, and um, you know the dual screen nature of the game and stuff. And now I'm just kind of like, it's been so long. I like don't even really remember the story, right? Like yeah. I know that that game ended on like a sort of teaser hang cliffhanger kind of mm-hmm. thing. Like I don't even really remember. Like I I yeah. barely all I can barely remember is like one of the antagonists would like randomly spat out digits of pie and stuff and and you know right the music is like still fantastic and all that but so i think just in, in a way they missed the zeitgeist right like yeah. it, it, it it passed them by it just took too long we were teased with these ports and then like the port would add like a little bit of dialogue or we would get remixes of you know the songs and it, it, they just dragged it out a little bit too long, I think. You know, they, yeah, if, or a lot if they too had long. made the world ends with you too, if the world ends with you too was like a first or second year 3DS game, right? right I think right, we would have exactly. felt a lot more fanfare. Maybe it's where it, it, it's a series now or something. I think now it's sort of just like it's tough. I mean, I, I will probably buy it and play it at some point anyway. Yeah. Um, but I, I don't know if it's going to be good. It, do, it sort of doesn't feel that way just because we're not hearing a ton about it. Uh, maybe we see a little, a 30 second trailer reminder that it exists before E3, you know, it's like this game's coming out in two weeks Yeah. and then we sort of gloss over it. It's sort of how I think it's going to play out. Yeah, no, I think you're hitting on something important, which is that we always kind of joke, like where's world ends with you too. Like it just felt like that kind of name slipped up, you know, really flowed from the tongue. But the, the fact that we've waited 15 years, um, it just so happens to be, you know, launching right after the com- completion of the anime that kind of recaps the first game. But again, that there's no guarantee that people would necessarily watch that. And I think that does kind of show it's a new protagonist. It doesn't have the two designation. It has like a subtitle in the front of the title, not even at the end, no less. So um, I guess they want it to be a standalone. And it kind of feels that way, too, again, with a three you know they've moved to a 3d perspective and and personally to kind of you know also move us to uh, another big series of of of, or another series for for square is it kind of feels like since tetsuya namura i believe is directing the sequel um or maybe maybe they're just taking inspiration from you know his first work with the original but it feels very kingdom hearts like like it feels like um not so much style wise but like the health, if you look at the health bars in combat, like the combat itself, just like the pace of it. Um, I know there's going to be a lot more to it than that. Like it's not going to be a, a carbon copy of Kingdom Hearts, but just that was my gut reaction. And so I, I'm kind of curious. Do you think 
is this taking away at all from like the Kingdom Hearts team's resources? Like, do you think it's like a, probably a completely separate operation? And like the fact that this is shipping within the next few months and was kind of like a stealth drop, you know, do you think Kingdom Hearts is far out or do you think, or do you think we'll be seeing stuff um, in the near future? Like including E3, I, like will we see anything? I think sort of design philosophy wise, something about Square Enix is that for their internal stuff, like I feel like we see the same names like pop up in and out. They're like drift in and out of like production, if that makes sense, right? Mm-hmm. Like, you know, Katase directed, I think Katase directed six and seven mm-hmm. and all this stuff, right? And then he sort of took a backseat and then now he's back, right? Um, Nomura is involved in so many, he has his fingers in so many different pies. Um, you know, Hashimoto, until he retired recently, I, you know, right. sort of was in and out. And and so uh, the guy who did the battle system for Kingdom Hearts 2 was the main combat director for 7 Remake and all this stuff, right? And, I, and I'm sure this happens at all, all these companies, but it feels like there's like a lot of intermingling of like philosophies and ideas. And in that sense, I think, you know, I'm not sure how much Neo, the world ends with you impacts like the kingdom hearts timeline, like as in like, you know, they're taking Nomura's time away from this or that. I think a a bigger complication possibly on the kingdom hearts side is just what Disney wants to do. Mm. Kingdom hearts three, obviously sold well, but not, critically like as well acclaimed as one and two uh obviously there was a very long layoff between two and three although you know we were peppered with releases uh, in between sure. uh, and, and not not like uh unsubstantial ones like you know dream drop distance and birth by sleep were well received solid games but you know i i think kingdom hearts is in a limbo for reasons that don't have to do with like who's available at square i think Disney, you know, Disney owns Marvel now, right? Disney is like half of all entertainment and how they are going to like engage with their video game platforms is sort of up in the air, especially due to like how certain existing projects have been or recent projects have been received. So I think that's sort of a decent segue actually into um, our next topic, which is let's let's recap the, mm. the last 12 months, yeah, right? Yeah, go for it. Or roughly 12, 12 13 months. Mm-hmm. And let's sort of talk about how we think Square is done. Because I think for Square, the last 12 months, there's basically two big things, right? There was 7 Remake. Uh, 7 Remake actually came out, and it was actually really good. Um, which I wouldn't have bet money on, you know? I, I wanted it to be good, obviously, mm-hmm. but I would not have exactly expected whatever, you know, low, high high 80s or low 90s or whatever scores right. it got. Right. Um, I think that was like a huge big thing for uh, square, especially since 15 was polarizing, right? And then so on one end we have seven remake, and then the, on the other end we have Avengers, right? And <laughs> right. Avengers was not good, and it was you know the first like Marvel Disney big AAA collaboration production in a long time that wasn't just you know Kingdom Hearts guest appearances, and it went really really poorly. Um, and so I think that sort of sums up those two are the big points for Square. And then in between, we had a bunch of remasters and new IPs that aren't were definitely not as big as those. But, you know, I think that was a good selection, right? Dragon Quest XI S 
uh, near replicant version 1.22474487139. Dot dot dot. Uh, dot dot dot. Uh, trials of trials of uh, Anna, uh, Saga Frontier, uh, Crystal Chronicles, bunch of remasters, and then Outriders. I think is popular, if not amazing, right? Uh, and I think so. That pretty much covers like the last twelve months for uh, Square Bravely Default Two. Uh, also yeah, sort right, of a mid-tier true. release from them, right? And right. so I think when I look back at the, t- the last 12 months, I'm like, Seven Remake was really good, and Avengers was really bad, and then they re-released a bunch of stuff and some mid-tier titles. And it, there's like so little like almost points, such a sample size, a small sample size of things I really care about, it's hard for me to grade them, but like, you know, if, if we're giving Nintendo like a, a low B for the past 12 months, then right. I can't, you know, this this is like, I think considering the respective scale of each company like square has done pretty well even if it's just really seven remake yeah i mean if you had to assign a, if you had to assign a letter what, what do you think you'd go with i, th- I think it's like a solid b right mm-hmm. you know yeah it, they didn't it wasn't like a disaster yeah no and and it's it's funny because i mean you alluded to it already but i think for you you and me kind of how we we share a lot of ideas on Square Enix, but to your point, I think you you also take into account the you know the Eidos portion, the Western releases that they put in. Not that I don't, but I, I think that's a fair. I think that's definitely a fair score. Where you know we're seeing both ends of the spectrum. Where at one side, I'm very excited about like, and we'll and we'll get to this in a, in, a, in a moment with like all the big Final Fantasy announcements, some new IP in that in that kind of you know rpg domain and then we have square annex branching out further and doing more seemingly more stuff on the western side with you know marvel um and they have some kind of dormant franchises that maybe they'd be kicking up down the line but there's very much they're trying to balance both sides of the house and i know if we were to break it down and kind of talk about the two sides they might they might look different but of course you know you average those out um i i, I personally think the you know, I agree with I agree with your your assessment, and I think the next the next twelve months hopefully looks pretty pretty impressive, um, and I think we could we we could dive into that too if we want to get into the to the meat and potatoes. Um, we, you know, we talked about yeah, let's... we talked about some of the side stuff. Um, there there was one I wanted to ask. We'll 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 weave it into here too. But yeah, E three, I assume they're going to call it uh, Square Enix Presents, right? That's how they always do it. Um, yes. If you, we don't have to go, you know, minute to minute kinds of, you know, programming here, but if you were going to think about the major beats, right? So we have a lot of clay that we can take here, right? We can think about Mm -hmm. Final Fantasy. We can think about uh, their Eidos properties. We can think about, you know, Tomb Raider and, and I guess they don't have Hitman anymore, but we can think of Tomb Raider, Deus Ex. We can think of Life is Strange. Um, where do you think how do you think they kick it off how do you think they end it and what do you think are going to be some of the bigger pieces in the middle i think we see seven remake part two i Mm. i think we have to um intergrades existence makes things a little weird right yeah uh but i i think we'll see something i think we have to um it it feels like they have so much of the skeleton in place for seven remake that I think it's not going to be as painful of a wait as it was last time. La- last time meaning from 
that trailer to the release of seven remake part one sure um i think maybe and then obviously this rumored final fantasy origins game so i think those two are either opening or closing or you know whatever the order is i think those are probably like their big hitters for this and i think everything else in there is sort of a toss-up but i want to know what you think because i think those are the two big ones but i'm curious if you think differently that's interesting um because personally, I feel like Final Fantasy 16 has to be the showcase title. And, and maybe maybe that could still line up with what you're saying. And it could be something that's in the middle. Um, but to me, it, it almost feels like, and I'm surprised I'm saying this, but it feels almost like Final Fantasy Overload. Where we have 16, which we know is coming. I think we know from, I believe Yoshi P was the one that said it, like, expect more information in 2021. Well... I mean, unless they're going to be showing something at like TGS or some other, you know, uh, Gamescom or something else, I would expect that to be coming at E3, maybe during, maybe it's Sony's showcase later in the summer. So it's possible that it could skip E3 altogether, I suppose. But I would expect that to be kind of the the one given at the conference. And and given that Origins is start that game, you know, is, is, is leaking out now, I have to assume that'll also be there. Um, mm-hmm. The other bits, like you also have to, you keep in mind like 14 and Walker, which just had the fan fest, but I assume there'll be some nod to that there for spoken, which is luminous, luminous studios, new IP has been getting a lot of kind of uh, coverage already, but I, I don't see why they couldn't touch on it again during the conference. So like, there's a lot of final fantasy slash final fantasy adjacent stuff already in the show. So for me, like the big question, I mean, I would be very happy if we saw seven remake part two, um, but I think I have to imagine if we see it, it would just be like, I don't know, maybe like a, a brief trailer. Like maybe that's how they end. Like I kind of see maybe that's how they yeah. end. Maybe you open with 16 or Origins and the like Origins is your big surprise to lead off, especially since they know, well, it, it's been leaked. So maybe let's leave something else for the ending. And maybe Seven Remake Part 2 is what you close with and any kind of other Final Fantasy details fill up the the middle but it does feel like an awful lot especially when you consider they could be they could include a lot of other stuff in in this conference too but that is true i think if we do see 16 it's probably going to be fairly substantial you know it's not going to be this sort of two minute cgi trailer thing um which i know like yoshi yoshi p already like sort of talked about how they don't want to do that this this time around right right you know that sort of bullshoddy like cgi uh ramp up where like you know instead of they want to show gameplay right and they want to show that this is a real game and that it's going to come out when they say it's going to come out within you know um so if we do see 16 i think it's going to be like a one of those gameplay deep dive type things right yeah yeah um whereas seven remake i think it's like if if we see it it's just like 30 seconds like two minutes like Mm-hmm. I don't know. You you see the golden saucer and that's it, right. or something <laughs> yeah, like that, right? Yeah, like, right. You, you know, and I think Forspoken, just because it's been getting sort of coverage, I I feel pretty good about being there as well. Mm-hmm. Um, it it would be weird to have like an April trailer and then to not, yeah, show it at their presentation. I think, yeah, I again, even if it's a ways away, even if it's a ways away, this could be something where. I think because they just have Sony, that partnership going with Sony for both of those games, and I guess seemingly Origins. So, I mean, if they were going to choose to save all of that for Sony's conference, I could see this being a little bit of a leaner 
showcase. But yeah, they could seemingly kind of stagger how they how they handle this and have some of it, you know, some of the details for these titles now. So I assume like mm-hmm. definitely you announce Final Fantasy Origins and maybe you show off new trailers or or do a game a deep dive on one of the other games and maybe you save another one for you know say august if sony does something then but yeah i think there's a lot of approaches that they could do here yeah i had forgotten that sony the sony conference timing is a little up in the air yeah yeah we don't have if if sony's planning something for like weeks after e3 digital proper then i could definitely see there's this apportionment happening you know where Mm -hmm. they they throw sony not that sony needs these but you know they so they throw sony like the the breadcrumbs and the forespoken and all this stuff yeah so yeah i mean so for let's for a second just assume all of these games that we've talked about will be mentioned at some point between the two i'd love to get your thoughts Mm -hmm. real quick on like for 16 kind of a two-parter we've talked we've gone back and forth on dates timeline it let's let's assume they do the full deep dive at some point in the summer when do you think the game will release and what would you personally like to see in in terms of that big reveal i think it's going to be like a fall 2021 to spring 2022 window i think i think they are very wary of letting that drag out, especially because it's sort of like their reputation in a way. Right. 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 And I think this, I think the fact that they chose Yoshida to helm this project is like a very serious attempt to say like, we can make things in a timely and reasonable manner. And like, we can tease and then reveal and show and then release in, in a year. Right. I think that would be, very important for them especially since you know you and i having been long time fabula nova crystallis versus 13 <laughs> people that like right. you know 15 or you know whatever it started as and whatever it became you know that was such a long drawn out painful process i don't think they want to repeat it and yeah. so I, I i think it's going to come out in a timely manner as for what I want from, like, mm-hmm. do you mean what I want from the game itself? Yeah. Or I mean, yeah. What are your expectations for it, or like, what would you really like to see? We've seen a little bit, um, and I, and I think the thing that that makes this kind of an interesting conversation is the vibes that I got looking at that first trailer last year was like heavy, kind of Dark Souls slash Devil May Cry, like maybe kind of you're playing by yourself, like it's like not a party. You're playing by yourself. It's maybe yeah. you're, it got rolling. Maybe there's some cool effects, you know, <laughs> effects there. Um, but with Origins, if Team Ninja is doing that game and it really is a Souls-like, like does that mean 16's trajectory now looks different? Like what's best case scenario for you or where would you like it to go? Right. I thought that was curious. You touched on something that I thought was interesting, right? Which is that 16 already looked sort of, what I guess souls like isn't the right word, but you know we only saw that one character in action, yeah. right? And when he was fighting, it was him and him alone, and it had a, as you said, that sort of vertical combo element, particle effects, DMC style combat, mm-hmm. and uh, so if there is like a souls like Square Enix Final Fantasy thing in the pipeline, then yeah, maybe what we saw is not as fully representative of what the game is going to be. Maybe, you know, maybe it is going to have like a full party and rotating, you know, party members and this sort of thing. Um, Personally, I think that would be 
it would be very interesting to have like a sort of solo like Final Fantasy game. Um, but it would definitely be a departure, right? I don't, I don't think any Final Fantasy game has felt like that, like a, a like a solo adventure, yeah. uh, except for like maybe parts of six, right? Like post, right? You know, when you start the second half of the game and you're getting everyone back. There, there's a little bit of that element, but like a solo, solo Final Fantasy game, it feels like yeah, will be a huge departure. If you were going to go, if you were going to count spinoffs, I, I suppose you could say Lightning Returns, right? That would be the closest you would get. And like that's, right, that's so true. far removed, though, from <laughs> the main line. Like that doesn't really feel like it counts. Yeah. Um, you know, I think my my biggest personal thing is I hope they hire like a voice acting director that doesn't do this like like yeah. you know you and i complain about this right. but like the the breathing sounds and like the panting and like the the reaction noises like that that is just like they can cut that out like they have made games where they don't do that like anime voice acting transliterated into english stuff like i hope like it it sounds like a like a normal tv show or something you know but yeah um I think the present I think presentation wise it seems like a little bit more mm-hmm. classic fantasy right not yeah. the sort of technology mix magitech stuff they've right. been doing recently so I'm curious to see where that goes for sure like what do you want to see from 16 Yeah I mean see, I'm I'm all over the place now because I think I I did want to see it I I would have been really cool with a solo final fantasy I think coming off of 15 which I recently completed and have a, such a love hate relationship with that game mainly hate uh, I don't want to see it be like open world. Like I really hope it's a little more focused, but like also final fantasy 12 is my favorite final fantasy game. And that had kind of like an MMO, like bigger zones. And I know that's kind of Yoshi P's forte is managing a lot of content in kind of a pretty damn sizable open world, like open world esque game. So I don't think we need like, especially in a high fantasy, you know, there's not no cars in final fantasy 16. Uh, I don't need like markers on a map, but I would like to have open zones like like twelve did. Um, I think if yeah. it could if it can emulate that style, have a really serious dark story, kind of you know Game of Thrones in kind of how the voice acting delivery. I I agree with you. This is a great opportunity to get back to having really good voice acting, and I think they could do it. I think Forspoken looks like it has kind of like a natural they're doing it from a western perspective first obviously that that won't be the case for for 16 i I think this would still be japanese led so there would have to be a good localization team but um i don't know like i'm just excited really to see what a new producer and director do with the series and i think the fact that origins again could kind of satiate a lot of the feelings that i have for 16 almost for me puts on, takes all, even more of the pressure off 16. It's like, we're going to get seven remake part two, and that's going to, you know, deliver on a really great combat system and kind of the nostalgia that I have for final fantasy. Now we have origins that'll be doing kind of that dark souls aspect. We have Forspoken that is doing more of like the progressive, like character fluid movement, like new, new technology. And then we could just have 16, which is just Yoshi P's like, <laughs> like his brainchild, let him do whatever he wants with it. Yeah, I agree. I I think what you said is actually really accurate for me as well. Um, I'm like a big Souls guy, right? So this idea that like the Neo team is not Neo, the world ends with you, but Neo, uh, the Koei Tecmo Samurai Souls like game, 
developers right. is working on a final fantasy like souls like and then we get seven remake part two uh for all my qualms about some of the storytelling elements of seven remake i thought they nailed the combat mm-hmm. uh in a way that they had it until now like i really love that combat system so getting more of it is like a-okay with me uh forespoken looks really really interesting right you mentioned you know a, a black uh woman as a protagonist uh this sort of portal mm-hmm. fantasy style yeah uh you know, sort of Western, a more of a Western viewpoint sort of a story. Uh, personal plug, like I think that I, the movement just reminds me a lot of Mistborn, so I was like very excited for it. Um, <laughs> Let's go. Yeah, and then so for spoken again, and then so then with sixteen is as you said, it's like sort of a blank slate. Slate, like I, I have no real expectations as for what it should or needs to look like. Uh, just. I just sort of come armed with this knowledge that Yoshi P probably knows what he's doing. And so I'm sort of just like happy to let it ride, you know, uh, mm. especially compared to like you and I having pinned a lot of like expectations perhaps on other Final Fantasy games like now yes. to just kind of be like, cool, like Square seems like they're in a good space design wise, right? Development wise, right. like it's nice to sort of just be like, damn, let's just see how this plays out. Yeah, that's <laughs> literally... Know? I perfectly said yeah let's let's see how it plays out and, and the funny thing is we haven't even you know we spent a lot of time talking about i know the things i'm i'm really psyched about but i know there are you know even other things that we could talk about and, and maybe if we just lightning through some of these other sides of square annex so you know from their idos side of house right like tomb raider big shrug yeah big shrug for me i don't think tomb raider is ready i don't think they're doing deus ex stuff i'm actually a little confused as to what idos is working on at the moment <laughs> yeah personally i've i think i've read some people say like they're working on like i know that idos and crystal dynamics sort of have a slight history of working together because right. idos and crystal dynamics like sort of handed off on tomb raider uh mm-hmm. entries and then shadow was sort of like i think it was crystal dynamics and it switched to idos and that that didn't exactly work out super great for them i think but um idos crystal dynamics that wing of square i think they're so supposedly i guess we can just sort of you know elephant in the room uh the gardens of the galaxy game right right uh that crystal dynamics so that's apparently happening right right Mm -hmm. i think avengers being bad really has thrown a wrench into this element this branch of the company yeah because i feel like that was their plan right it's like we're going to take the Marvel license that, you know, uh, Insomniac did such a good job with Spider-Man and we'll do our thing, like the group party pseudo RPG style action game. And then it just right. sort of flopped. And so now they're in like a very confusing position. And I'm curious as to see, curious what you think, because yeah. I'm not, it's not that I don't just like the Guardians of the Galaxy concept. I think that could actually work really well. Like Guardians is maybe one of my f- favorite Marvel movies as a sort of marvel ambivalent person but i don't know it just seems like they they don't really know what they're doing right now yeah no i think i think you're right like i (laughs) i I don't get why it it feels like they haven't even really built up the goodwill like or dug themselves out of the mini hole that they dug with uh avengers where i get the sense it wasn't like a total flop but it certainly was not worthy of the marvel name especially when you're if you're going to throw around an avengers video game you really want to deliver on it, and if it's going to be a shared multiplayer experience, especially like you want that to be something where someone's first impression of that game is wow, like 
this is fun to play. I could see myself playing this with my friends for hundreds, thousands of hours. And like, I feel like there was just a drop off where like people tried it and it was like, no. And like, they're trying to patch it now with, you know, Hawkeye DLC and other characters and roadmaps and stuff. But I feel like the damage was done there. I, yeah, I feel like this depends on really what kind of game this Guardians of the Galaxy title is. Like, I feel like it doesn't make any sense, in my opinion, for it to be, like, another... Team game? Yeah, maybe. I mean, it is It is kind of... Maybe it's a co-op game, but I feel like it would have to be more, like, story-centric for it to really make sense and live in the same, like, coexist peacefully with Guardians... Uh, sorry, with avengers or maybe it's within the same framework like the same exact same engine like maybe it's kind of like how call of duty treats warzone where it's like you it, everything is just naturally evolving and it all ends up being one <laughs> heap of content and massive file size like then it would make a little more sense to me but if they're trying to have like justify like people spending another sixty dollars on on a completely new experience and they haven't really fixed up their side of the house with the avengers yet I just I don't know how they expect this to go over well. <laughs> and then the, I yes. Sorry, go ahead. I agree. No, I agree. Uh, the, I pretty much agree with everything you said. I think it's possible that Guardians was more Avengers like, you know, and right. that they're both, you know, in the comics and whatever, you know, they're they're teams, mm -hmm. right, with unique powers and abilities, and so, like, I almost feel like maybe they were developing very similar kinds of games, and then Avengers was flopped and they're like crap we have to retool this pretty seriously right um it's been weird i think the marvel stuff it definitely threw crystal dynamics and idos both sort of for a loop yeah um like as i mentioned like tomb raider had to get handed off because crystal dynamics was doing avengers and idos i think you know unfortunately di uh, mankind divided was a good game and it didn't really uh sell as well right. as they had hoped and so they do a set deus ex is now sort of up in the air and you know so they end up making shadow of the tomb raider which was you know i think the worst of the the new trilogy and sort of uh sort of felt a little half-hearted and so now it's they've i'm not gonna say they like struck out idos or crystal dynamics exactly but they haven't been hitting home runs right yeah and so it's it's very confusing i would be surprised if we really saw anything substantial from either of these mm. companies at the moment yeah this presentation yeah no and, and i think that that's fair um one thing that i think is an interesting wrinkle here too is you know we're talking about a big license that kind of you know square enix latches onto because it's marvel like why wouldn't you want to take that shot it's almost like you know star wars is the only other one that comes to mind but i think this brings up an interesting conversation with the other side you know one other team that i have in mind for maybe e3 which is uh don't nod the life is strange team uh because there's a couple things coming out with that studio too where they have kind of gone on the record saying they don't really want to do all these big licenses um, mm -hmm. and like, like, you know, life, they want to branch out from life is strange. They don't want to do like license games. And it kind of reminds me a little bit of telltale where like telltale was, do they did their gardens of the galaxy game. They did their game of Thrones game. They did walking dead. They did back to the future. They did Jurassic park. And like, they got almost like so caught up in the licenses. And I mean, obviously there was a management problem too, where they just had too many projects and not enough you know, person power to do all that. But like, I think it's kind of refreshing to hear 
<laughs> or, or it's, it's kind of odd to see, you know, Eidos and Crystal Dynamics, they're really around some of these uh, IP that have kind of led them astray. And with Don't Not, it seems like they kind of want to go do something else. Maybe we hear the first of that at the presentation. And even if not, I know we have uh, Life is Strange, uh, True Color. Nine deck. Yeah, yes. nine decks version, which I'm actually really stoked about because um, as much as I, I adored Life is Strange 1, um, I played some of two. But for me, my favorite one is actually the prequel Before the Storm, which was done by Nine Deck. They like r- really kind of streamlined a lot of the systems that Don't Not had created, and it made for a really compelling, like leaner, shorter experience. And so hearing that True Colors is going to have, again, progressive protagonist, Asian-American um, woman in, in, the, in the driver's seat, it's going to be released, not a la carte, like it's going to be all one, you just buy the game and you have it all at once. Like mm-hmm. that's super exciting to me. So I'm excited for that. Like I feel like that's one studio outside of the, you know, Eastern Front, like one of the Western studios that I have complete faith will really deliver with this game. And then you have Don't Nod, which could be doing all kinds of things. So I have no idea what yeah. that is, but I would be interested. I don't know if Don't Nod is working with Square Enix still. I know that Square Enix, mm. I think Square Enix owns Life is Strange, which is why Nine Deck doing yep. Before the Store makes sense. But obviously, uh, tell, was it Tell Me Why? Tell Me Why was an Xbox game mm. studio game. So Yeah, true, true. It, it, I don't know whether that partnership is still yeah, whether exists, it continues, uh, yeah. whether that Square Enix is going to continue to publish, or if it's just Square Enix plans on publishing Life is Strange things, yeah. which I think might be the way it works out. Though I, yeah, I think because if I remember correctly, Remember Me, <laughs> throwback was yeah. a Capcom game, so I I don't think Donut is tied to Square. I believe Life is Strange is tied to Square. So mm, yeah, uh, we'll see how that goes. Um, I guess there's one other thing, right? Which is just uh, we can quickly touch on, as far as their E3 stuff goes. Um, you know, they'll probably touch on Outriders stuff, yep. DLC stuff. Maybe they'll touch on Avengers DLC stuff. Yep. I wouldn't be surprised to see that sort of thing yep, happen. Yep. Um, I don't think we're gonna be hearing like anything new from uh, People Can Fly for a while, so I'm not gonna predict anything there. The Bravely team, probably nothing new, right? Yeah, a pro- uh, Project Triangle strategy. You figure that's safe for Nintendo? I think so. Uh, in part because <laughs> I don't know what Nintendo is really going to show, so I f- I feel they would <laughs> right. save it for that. And I think that brand, not brand, but that style, that sh- that shop, I guess. It, you know, I-, I associate it with the Switch at least, sure. Octopath and Triangle strategy right. both. So. I think it would make a, a good fit there. Uh, yeah, I don't know if there's anything else. Oh, let's briefly touch upon it. Kingdom Hearts content. Yeah. Uh, yes, no. I think it's out of the window. I don't think it's going to happen. Yeah, I think maybe you get like a slight tease, but I, I would be shocked just because I feel like there's so much Final Fantasy stuff that they could dig into. All right, yeah. And I think Tomb Raider, I don't think it's going to happen. Uh, I don't think you follow this as closely as I do, but there's been like weird sort of... It's a Tomb Raider's 25th, I think, 35th. Okay anniversary Hmm, or something like that and so they've been sort of doing these like updates we know there's a netflix cartoon or you know netflix that that netflix brand of cgi cartoon coming out for i think Hmm. um lara croft that right and supposedly they want to sort of merge the prequel the survivor timeline i think they call it with the classic timeline i 
don't know how that's going to go. Uh, frankly, I don't feel like they're exactly that compatible since um, Survivor Lara is the equivalent of the Predator and Classic Lara is Indiana Jones. Uh, <laughs> right. So it's a little bit of a yeah. disconnect there, but they can massage it in some way, I'm sure. But I just don't think Tomb Raider is really ready at this point. Um, you know, they need to reevaluate how they're doing things after shadow and yeah or they want to take the character whether that's a reboot soft reboot yeah yeah new timeline or whatever they they're doing so i don't expect tomb raider stuff so and then the big one for me <laughs> babylon's fall <laughs> what what Where is that is <laughs> what is this game i i know we've talked about this briefly but like the the platinum pipeline has yeah is going through some rough times yeah, and i i yeah i've no idea what's going on with that, and I don't suspect that we will see it. Yeah. Right. Yeah. That... So I think that sort of wraps up for me what I think we're going to see or not going to see. But I'm curious if you if you have any yeah other no ideas. I, I think that gets everything. I think my one outlandish prediction slash hope like it's not an actual prediction, but I I would love to see a new Deus Ex title announced, especially especially in the wake of all the cyberpunk. Uh, you know, the whole debacle there getting taken off the PlayStation Store, just being, you know, not not nearly enough time in the oven on PlayStation 4 and Xbox One. You know, obviously the Rove app has been altered for next gen stuff too. Like, I think that's a good time. What what a move would it would it be for, you know, Square Enix Eidos to be like, yeah, we're working on a new Deus Ex title and it's gonna be sweet and Warren Spector's back and he's, you know, He's excited. He's got new ideas, or I don't know. Like I know he's working on System Shock uh, Three, but you know, again, this is outlandish. But that would be the one game where I would like, and I and I, okay. and I feel I'm I'm happy to say that it's not tied to a Final Fantasy game for once. It's not like some kind of vaporware thing. Like that's not what I want. I just want Deus Ex. <laughs> okay, I think I'll throw out my one outlandish thing, which is. And I think this is like the idea makes sense, right. you know. I just don't know if the timing is right, but I think I think we're gonna see Square try to bring Crisis Core to the fold mm. for people that are not familiar with it, right? In in some way, because you know, Crisis Core was a very critically acclaimed PSP game, but it was a PSP game, yeah. right? And we've seen them bring PSP games to consoles before, um, Type Zero HD, mm -hmm. uh, notably, and so. I think we could see a blue point the the blue point style you know mm. remake um especially because i I think they're trying to i mean they've been trying to do this for a long time right but the the seven universe you know the final right. Fantasy seven properties universe uh, there's a lot of stuff there that's like just not accessible anymore before crisis is like a, a cell phone game that you can't play anymore right. that like explains a bunch of stuff about like the Turks and Cisne and all this stuff. So I think we're solely going to see them try to bring that stuff into the fold. We know we're getting Fortnite Soldier Edition or whatever. <laughs> right. Uh, we're getting Seven Pocket yeah, Edition right. and all this stuff. So I think uh, it, it's a possibility. But other than that, that is my outlandish prediction for Square. Nice. Uh, but I wanted to close it out. You, I think you gave Sam a lightning round. I did. The Nintendo one. I did. So I, this time I'm going to throw the lightning round questions at you. Um, nice some 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 simple ones and then at the end we're going to play a what's more likely game for you know you choose between two properties and you tell me which is more likely to happen okay all right lightning round question number one typically right three strikes and you're out so 
Tokyo RPG Factory, 2016, I Am Satsuna, 2017, Lost Fear, and then Onanaki, uh, 2019. Okay. Do you think we will see another game from Tokyo RPG Factory. <laughs> it's lightning round. Uh, none, the- of, none of these games scored higher than a 75 on Metacritic. So it's- I, I think the fact that I totally forgot to include Tokyo RPG Factory in our show notes for the show <laughs> uh, tells you what I feel about that. Um, I do not think we see another game from that studio. I, yeah. I, and I root for them. I, I, I hope I'm wrong, but I don't think so. I, I feel like it's possible for them to to nail the style they're doing yeah. and make a good game, but they haven't been able to, which maybe makes me think they can't. Yeah. Um, and, you know, for what it's worth, it I think in one of the 2020 financial, you know, quarterly report things, like I think Tokyo RPG Factory got written off as like a million dollar loss. Right, so. right. I think it's iffy. I, I don't think it's very likely as well. Yeah. I, All right. Yeah, go ahead. No, no, go ahead. I, I was just going to say, if there's if there's one thing that would make sense is that the studio seems to love Chrono Trigger a lot, and I don't know if it was rumblings or, or people were just speculating about you know Square Enix doing more remasters, right. like you said, Trails of Man and things like that, or tri- Trails, Trials, whatever it's called. Trials. Yeah. I, there's also a Trails series. <laughs> right, yes. That's but, what makes know, it too, so complicated. I would love to see maybe they do like a, a, a similar styled remake of Chrono right. Trigger. That wouldn't hold on to that thought okay, for a little bit. Okay, I'll hold bit, on to it. But we'll come back. Okay. To it. All right. Number two, will Yoko Taro make an appearance in his traditional spherical Emil mask outfit and say or have some sort of weird video presentation that makes no sense to anybody who hasn't played any of his weird ass games? Um. So wait, remind me his. What's the what's the proper he, name? He of comes studio? out in that white. The, globe the little like right? yeah moon almost like a majora's yeah. mask he's not yes. like he's in, independent ish of square right yes he's so, a freelancer okay but he i don't think he has released a game that was not published by square okay i'm gonna go crazy in a very here. long time i'm gonna go crazy and say yes that is a possibility but it won't be on square enix's stage it'll be at microsoft's conference okay i love it i actually <laughs> love that i think that's great all right, number three. Will there be a primarily mobile game announcement made during this presentation? Yes, I would probably. I would say Kingdom Hearts. Maybe that's the Kingdom Hearts thing we get is a mo- their, their mobile game, the next mobile game they show off. Nice. I would love to play Birth by Sleep on my phone. <laughs> That'll be great. All right, number four. Project Octopath Traveler's final title was Octopath Traveler. Okay. Is Project Triangle Strategy's final title going to be Triangle Strategy? Yeah. And I don't like it. You but think? I, I think that title sucks. I, I think it's <laughs> awful. No, no, no. Don't get me wrong. I hate it. Uh, and I and, and you and I both do the Twitter account where they generate <laughs> the random title. All of those bot entries are better than the actual title. Uh, I know. Uh, call it Tactics something. I don't know. Call it Triangle Tactics. tactics bring back Tactics Ogre or Ogre Battle. I, I don't know. I mean. Yeah, call it call it Triangle Tactics. Then it has like a nice alliteration going. Don't call it Triangle Strategy. I don't like that. All right. Now the next three are uh, you pick one or the other. Which is more? Which series or property is more likely to get a new game next, if at all? A new game, a new entry. Okay. <laughs> Chrono or Parasite Eve? Parasite Eve. I think. <laughs> I, I, I think Parasite <laughs> Eve would. Yeah, Parasite Eve. I hate to say it, 
Because they had a PS- okay. PSP game. What Chrono's had nothing. Yes, the third birthday, 2010, yeah. I want to say. Cr- Chrono, All right. they need a remake. I think Chrono remasters, it's a possibility. Like If Square's re- remastering Resonance of Fate for PS4, like yeah. Chrono has to have a chance. But Has to. All right. More likely to get a new game next, if at all. Thief or Deus Ex? Deus Ex. I... Deus Ex, I can't okay. imagine Thief getting. I mean, maybe. Deus Ex. Thief is the the Eidos baby, but it has been. Uh, we're going on eight years, I think. Yeah, I mean that Thief. When they brought Thief back, it was a flop. What? It wasn't a good game. They could. I guess they could do it. They could try it again. I'd love to see Deus Ex. Deus Ex, I think. Perhaps a victim of circumstance. I don't exactly know how or why that didn't work out, but like. Yeah both games very good right or human revolution and mankind divided both very good and somehow we're not getting a third one very painful yeah all right we're talking two two tri-ace games more likely to get a new game next star ocean or valkyrie profile or valkyrie whatever um i would say star ocean i don't even know where we're at with valkyrie profile right like was the last game uh, the, the switch one right oh there was one on switch i i was gonna oh, say oh no it, it was a re-release i think because i i just have a ps2 version of valkyrie profile 2 i think that i've been meaning to play forever and so personally i'm i'm also i i think i think star ocean <laughs> could happen i don't know what the status is with like triace and what they've done recently yeah star ocean would be i think be they help out yeah they help out on a lot of Square Enix stuff, right? It's like every time you play a Square Enix game, you see sort of like special things. Try it. Yeah. Like, oh. Yeah. Right. Wouldn't and, surprise uh, me. So, all right. So, yeah, that was just our lightning route. I don't think any of these things are going to happen. <laughs> yeah. uh, but uh, it would be nice. Uh, I'm personally holding out for Deus Ex, which I think is the most promising and likely. Uh, but, yeah. yeah, that was a, that is a wrap for me on Square Enix. I am looking forward to it. Uh, perhaps looking forward to it more than most of the conferences yeah. to be honest I'm, so i will be I'm, I'm excited for them at e3 i'm excited for them at sony i think they're gonna have a very good uh next few months so yeah no okay thanks for hopping on the podcast to talk more about square enix and final fantasy and all that good stuff and um i'll let you have the last word anything anything any plugs you want want to make criticisms you want to get out there uh no <laughs> uh thank you for having me on you know i think this was yeah. probably one of our most agreeable conversations we've ever had. Uh, I'm excited for E3, even if it's all digital. Um, I'm glad that we are all, you know, vaxxed mm. up against the uh, warnings of, or, you know, despite the uh, liberal sheep media, we have uh, injected ourselves with 5G microchips or whatever, and we will get to possibly watch digital events in person. That's going to be exciting. It's, uh, I think, yes. a pretty much yearly tradition at this point. For us to all, we're gonna break go out the your, bingo board. <laughs> yeah, to make to make bingo boards and then to yes. chill in your basement or wherever and watch these digital conferences. So I'm excited for that. And you know, it, it's been a it's been a good uh, quarantine. Horrible human cost, uh, or you know, awful for my mental and physical health. But I have played a lot of games, so it's been it's been fun, and I'm looking forward to uh, whatever we see at E3 this year. The ultimate equalizer, video games. Yes. <laughs> Okay, thank you so much for being on the show. And to everyone watching, thanks for listening, and peace out. Peace out.